gonna take it. Legends in basketball analysis with over 70 years combined experience. This is the Bob Ryan and Jeff Goodman podcast. NBA, some college, a little bit of everything. You know, what can I say? But it wasn't going to happen here with him. I was okay with it because it wasn't about talent, I didn't think. All right, let, let's get right to it. Man, Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero. Continues, continues uh, to elevate his game, Bob. Uh, and it, listen, it surprises me, but it doesn't. It, it, you know, like when he went 13th in the draft, I remember saying like, listen, that's too low. He's going to have a hell of an NBA career. But I didn't know he'd be able to go for 37 in his rookie year in the biggest game of the season to date for the Miami Heat. Nobody did. No, not at all. Uh, 37, by the way, is the number, same number of points Jamal Wilkes scored in the Magic Johnson's famous 42-point yeah. game. But he sneaked in 37 when you weren't looking. Tyler Hero's 37 had pyrotechnics going off the whole night, right? Amazing. Amazing, I mean, Bob. And what I love most about him is the versatility. It's not just that he's bombarding threes right. like our good friend Duncan Robinson, but he goes to the hoop with great dexterity, ambidextrously, and, and, and with authority as well. So he is the consummate scorer. Yeah, second youngest player to go for 35-plus uh, in, a, in a playoff game. Uh, Magic, like you just said, went for 42. 42, uh, 15, and 7 in, in 1980 in game six. It's amazing. amazing. Yeah, Kareem I was, was there, right? In that game. right? I was right the first row, but we were behind the basket in my, yeah. my row that night. I, that all happened right in front of my face. Yeah, Tyler Hero is not going to be Magic Johnson. Uh, no, but can I'm he not. be Andrew Tony? Andrew Tony did that um, his rookie season. He oh, went Andrew for Tony 30 some, plus. And, I saw and him. Kinda, can he be an Andrew Tony type player in his career? Why not, Bob? I, I mean, saw Andrew he, Tony have a 25 point period. Right. And here the things that like, he did in that abortive career that flashed across the sky yeah. before the injuries, you know, did yeah. him in. But I like Hero. Power, Here's why I like Hero is, is, is because to me, you always knew he had the size and the ability to shoot the basketball. Um, but the other thing he has is, is that swagger. Like, he's got it where he walks on the court, and mm-hmm. he is absolutely fearless. And you could see it in this playoff series that, again, he'll take the ball to the basket now much better. He's a smarter player with a basketball in his hands than I thought he would be. I didn't see a lot of him in AU ball, Bob, and he committed to Wisconsin first. Committed to Wisconsin and then bailed on that commitment, ended up at Kentucky, yeah. and was a really good player at Kentucky. But – not a guy that you were like, you know, like he, he just – he was explosive in some games, but I think he averaged 13, 14 points a game. He averaged um, 14. Yeah, P.J. Washington 14. was the best player on that team. He was the best player, but Hero was a guy who kind of – you know, it's hard to evaluate these guys, the Kentucky guys, because, you know, there's so many good players. There's so many talented players on these teams that sometimes, again – you're not going to get guys being the, the, the go-to player every single night. And, and that was kind of the case with Tyler Hero that I think a lot of people maybe pinched sure. him as a shooter and a shooter alone. And a shooter alone, he is not, Bob. I know we've touched upon this previously, but it, it, it bears repeating because the scope of it is astounding. If I'm John Calipari and I'm sitting back and watching what's been going on since they entered the bubble, right? Yeah. Number one, you had Devin Booker. All right, he goes off. Right. Yep. 
Well, he's, uh, he's, he's home now watching. He's out of the bubble. Remaining in the bubble, ladies and gentlemen, are Anthony Davis, Jamal Murray, yep. Bam Adebayo, and Tyler Hero. All Kentucky. And so A John's selling point, obviously, recruiting as I get you to the NBA. I, I mean, what advertisements these guys are. And, and again, listen. Anthony Davis was Anthony Davis, no matter who he played for, right? You and I could have coached Anthony Davis, let's be honest. But I never saw this coming out of Jamal Murray. I never saw this coming this quickly out of Tyler Hero. Bam was one that I actually thought he'd be better at Kentucky than he was. And I always thought he'd do this in the NBA. This doesn't surprise me one bit with Bam. And man, I, 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 text, I tweeted it last night. I said, like, the one thing about this Heat team that you got to love and it, it kind of carries over to everybody. Jimmy Butler, certainly Bam, Tyler Hero, even a guy like Udonis Haslam who never gets off the bench, is that toughness, right? That toughness yeah. up and down the roster. Even Duncan Robinson, like, okay, he's not physically the toughest kid in the world, but you can just see it mentally. And he talked to us about the fact of, of having to deal with that confidence at every level because he's had to prove himself and question himself, but you can't see it when you, when you watch him in the court, if he misses five in a row, he's still shooting the ball. He's letting it fly. I, I just feel like it permeates through all these guys, the mental and physical toughness. And they got another guy that could be providing a Yoda like presence for them is Iguodala. So you've got Haslam and Iguodala to sage this, you know, one guy is producing one guy who isn't, but, uh, Oh no, it's a, it's an interesting mix. It's a very interesting mix. Uh, you got to admire them. You know, you, there's no, no, if, if, if sands or butts about it. So, you know, they, they, I thought they were a dangerous, but the word I kept using was dangerous before things started. And they're, they're now proven to be a lot more than just dangerous. Celtics yeah. dead and uh, buried. It, they, they're, they're self-destructive. I'm afraid they're, the turnovers are, un, they're not forgivable. They're sloppy passing, yeah. uh, casual dribbling. Uh, you know, they're, they're, you take away the turnovers, they win this game, no problem. But they, um, and that's it is a real issue with them. I, I don't know where if I starts. Brad has to be held accountable somehow. I don't know. Well, I don't know. You know. I'm not saying he should be. I don't know. Well, you Something. know what I thought too, Bob. Yes, the turnovers, no doubt. But you had a couple possessions, key possessions in the second half, where they could not get a rebound where Miami oh. was getting second, third chance. That a fourth chance at one point. Right. And Kemba was underneath the basket trying to rebound, and guys were just going right over him, like Jimmy Butler right over him to get the, the, the board. And I just feel like this is an issue right now where you've got to have a, a Tice out there or, you know, gang rebound. But And, like, Tatum's done a better job rebounding. Jalen Brown's done a, a good job rebounding for, again, his size. Like, Hayward's got to be better in that department. Um, I, I just feel like they're getting killed at inopportune times on the glass, and it's really come back to haunt them, along with the turnovers from Smart, from Tatum. I mean, Tatum was absolutely abysmal in that first half. I mean, think about this. All you heard in the first half was people questioning, even after the game. No, no, halftime. I'm sorry. Jay Will was questioning, is he healthy? He doesn't yes, right, right. right. He kept like, I don't mad. think it was anything physical, Bob. I think it was all up here where he just, you know, he wasn't uh, attacking like he should. And then I felt like he starts settling like the whole team does at times for, for three-pointers instead of Brad 
getting him an easy bat. You got to run something to get a guy like that a basket earlier to get just get it out of his head because I think Tatum's had a few of those games. We've seen yeah. him the first first or second game in the bubble where he didn't make a shot and it gets in anybody's yeah, yeah. head. No, he said, I, you know, he said, he could have those nights. I saw a regular season game and he was two for 18. And one of them was a, a, a tip in by the other team. That's right. And no, seriously. And um, so it, it can happen. Um, you know, but you mentioned that once again, I'm sorry. I, I cannot get off the soapbox with the three. You know, I'm watching this game last night and there was, there were dead periods. It was, first of all, it was a bad game. Yes. It was, it, it was Adam Himmelsbach properly described it in the globe this morning, Boston globe, as it looked like an exhibition game. Yeah. It was a sloppy game and, and, and it was not dignified, uh, you know, and, and it wasn't a dignified NBA, NBA playoff game. Okay. But the three point cranking, cranking, cranking. At one point, the teams were combined uh, 10 for 40 or something like that. You yeah. know, they were, there were 10 for 40 between early. them. First and half, it was atrocious. The game mentality, but it's never going back. I mean, I have to keep reminding myself and accepting this. It's never going to change. I'm afraid it's a perversion of people. I, what I don't understand, I mean, I'm really drag me off the soapbox when, when, if you want, what I don't understand is people professionals who really love the game that don't take a deep breath, step back and say, I don't, this is not right. This isn't the way the game should be played. The three should be an adjunct. Yeah. This is Daryl Moore. Daryl Morey is the Tony LaRussa of yeah. basketball. He is the guy who has screwed up the game more than anybody. And oh, by the way, Oh, by the way, Daryl Morey's never won a damn thing. Thank you. Like, it'd be one thing if Daryl Morey had won a few championships doing this. He's never won anything to be able to do this. And the team he's supervising now wound up being a a sideshow, right? Yes. 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 When they had to go all small ball. Yeah, I don't like this either. I I don't like it. I don't like it when the wrong guys are taking. Like, to me, again... Jalen Brown, I know he's great from the corner three when he's wide open. I get it. Um, but do we really want Daniel Tice jacking threes? And while Marcus Smart can have his days, he's a 35% three-point shooter. That's what he is. Like, to me, you've got to know and, and you've got to have a feel. If you're on shooting the three, that's fine. Keep shooting it. If you're not, don't keep shooting the damn three. Well, I agree. But they're, that's the way they're, they're bred. And you know now everything the stretch four, which i.e. you got to shoot a three, uh, and even the five. Now we're you know we were eliminated. The, I'll tell you what, Bam Adebayo is pretty good. He doesn't shoot the three. No, 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 he doesn't. Right? No. Like if I were Brad Brad Stevens, I would never allow Daniel Tice to shoot a three. Never, never. In my opinion, never. There's no I think reason for it. it. And the flip side is, I think the tr- it's the truth though, that they want him to because that's the way I think. Well, uh, certainly we had- everybody's got the green light. I think if you or I played for Brad Stevens, he'd give us a green. I can't hit a three. I- I'd shoot fifteen percent. Brad would probably still give me the green light. <laughs> yeah, but that's the game, and and that's the game that we have, and and it it got eventually got better, but it was a bad game for three quarters of the game. It was a bad game. Really and part of it was again Jason Tatum zero points in the first half. Oh, what a juxtaposition! And then when he once he got rolling, he was sensational. Yeah, Absolutely sensational. 28, and he didn't even he miss his first couple coming out of the break. Yeah, I yeah. thought he was going to go, you know, 0 for 15 or something. Yeah, yeah. And, and and then he heated up, got him back in the game. They got a couple decent calls towards the end of the game to give themselves a, a, an opportunity. But and ultimately, one, Miami's a better team, Bob. Miami's been the better team, and that's not even – to me, just because 
they can win close games. That's where they're the better team. It's up they made here. all the big plays. Right. The Celtics right. have actually been ahead on the scoreboard more, even even including in last night's game. I would bet, but yeah. maybe it's evened up a little more because of last night's game. But through first three games, Celtics were ahead in the scoreboard yep. seventy some percent of the time, I believe, if not more. But you just don't trust but, them. But my you don't all, trust them at the think, end of the game. When you think of the big moments of the series right. and the big plays at both ends of the floor, they're all Miami. You know, of course, the most wonder to go and live in history will be Bam, you know, yes. a block and the block. But but they've got big shots. Guy that keeps making big plays. Um, I, 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 it's Goran Dragic, by the way. Don't want him left out of any conversation. There was a moment last night, Jeff. I don't know if you'll appreciate this. There was a moment last night. He was down in the low hole and he made that up fake and he had to spin and he made that play. Yep. You know, and all of a sudden I'm sitting there and I'm going, Eureka! Gail Goodrich. <laughs> now, I'm skipping a generation no, here. No. I don't know how much you remember Gail Goodrich. I remember from tape. That's it. Yeah. But I, you know, that was my time. Yep. Gail Goodrich, 42 points in an NBA champ- NCAA championship game, by the way, in 1965. Okay. Gail Goodrich was a tough, tough sucker. And, 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 and he was in that little category of sub category that I love guys, little guys who post up. He, he was a great, he, if he gets your ass down the low post, he knew what to do with it. And Goran Dragic, what the, he, his, his game is so complete. Yeah. He's got the three. He's got it the, uh, he's a, I, I knew he was a good player. And he's, he's, you look at all you do is go check his resume. He's averaged 20 points a game in this league. People don't realize this, you know, and how long he's been a good player. 12 years, I think he's averaged, you know, 10, 12 points more. But but boy, is he showing the world, if you had, didn't know, how good he is. And, you know, before the series, most people, if they were going to play that checkmark thing, you know, on, on the matchups, right? Point guard, wouldn't most people give the check up, check to yeah, Boston, definitely, right? Definitely. Uh, forget about it. This guy's dominated the position. You know you know who you give the check mark to in, in the coaching uh, series? Give it to Eric Spolster. I mean, the, the, the zone has been tremendous for yeah. the most part uh, for Miami. And you, again, you go back to it where if you're going to play a zone like that, you got a Brad Stevens team that loves to let it fly. If you're on, if you're on, you're going to make the zone look like garbage, but they just don't have enough like great shooters. They've got guys who can get hot. Like Tatum's yeah, yeah. one guy that you feel confident in, yeah. but you don't, you don't have a guy you can bring off the bench. We've talked about this all year. Here's the difference. The difference is one draft spot, Bob. The difference is one draft spot. Tyler Hero went 13th. Romeo Lankford went 14th to the Celtics. And they, they coin flipped. You know that. It was a coin flip to decide who got 13 and who got 14. Oh, no, so I the didn't. Celtics could have, had, could have had, if they won the, the coin flip, they love Tyler Hero. Uh, they could have had him at 13 instead of Romeo. Jeff, how Langham. many times have I said in our relationship that the one thing lacking for them in this entire era is a guy coming off the bench who puts down on his IRS return under occupation, registered jump shooter. They don't have that guy. They do not. Right. Right. They, they, you know, of course, you know, we won't, I won't go into the Carson Edwards. But <laughs> hey, Bob, can we agree? Wait, wait, can we agree right now he's not Tyler Hero? I think we can. I will totally concur. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. Game spreads, totals, 
to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now, but did Tyler Hero ever make eight threes in a five minutes of an exhibition game? And Probably shot? not. No. Huh. Probably not. No, see? <laughs> <laughs> I think, listen, it, it's going to be interesting to see now uh, what Tyler Hero does if, if they make it to the NBA. Like, oh, yeah. if they make it to the finals, uh, right now the, the Lakers series is 2-1 as we're recording. Um I still think the Lakers end up winning the series, even though they could easily be down two one. Oh, how uh, close right it now. Is. And and to me, I'm actually getting more fired up for a Lakers Miami NBA Finals than I was a week ago. Because again, I don't know. I just I like this Miami Heat team. I I, I root for them. Why? No, they're very rootable. I would be. I'd love to. You know, I could see if you're feeling very proud about that. And you know, I I, I take I salute Riley. You know, rebuilding after the, you know, he had the Miami. Okay, fine. Store, my mother would say a store-bought team. He had a store-bought team when he brings in my, uh, LeBron. But yep. this is this is good drafting, good manipulation. Jimmy Butler. Yeah, they got to, Jimmy Butler was a four-team trade. Oh, no, they got to, he made him. He was a poison pill in Philly. I understand that. So they weren't going to get the proper return on the dollar because they had to get rid of him. You know, that I, I understand that. But boy, did the price, you know what the price they paid? You do Hassan Whiteside, which is addition by subtraction, right? Yeah. For them. Yeah. That's all 100%. they that's the price they had to pay, essentially. It's amazing the combination, right? Some I don't know if I call it Jimmy Butler a reclamation project, but certainly there were a lot of teams that did not want him around the league because he had been categorized as kind of a locker room uh cancer to some degree. Yeah. You got him, Dragic at his age, playing the, the his best basketball of his 34. career. You bring in Kendrick Nunn, who yep. was, by the way, the only reason Tyler Hero is getting this this opportunity is because Kendrick Nunn wasn't able to play to start the bubble. Otherwise, yep. Tyler Hero might be buried in playing, you know, short minutes rather yeah. than getting the least he's getting right now. He's up to 32 and 33 minutes. You know, it's hard and, to take uh, him off the court. I mean, really, even oh, Duncan Robinson, it's hard to play Duncan as yeah. many minutes right now because Hero can do so much more off the bounce and, and oh, against right. the Celtics team that, frankly, Tice does the best he can, but he's not a big-time rim protector. And then you put Robert Williams in there, he'll give you 10, 10, 15 minutes. I actually thought maybe they should have went with Canner for a little bit in the first half because they were having such a hard time scoring the ball. Yeah, I know. They, they, you know? they did it that one game and it paid dividends. Right, but, but he can't you know, guard it. But these are options. It's funny, you know, you have to – way make a right. guess it's a guess it's an educated guess who's going to give you what you need in that regard or what do you need and Hayward listen the bottom line is listen if Gordon Hayward was at 100 percent and hadn't missed all that time would it be a different series because Gordon Hayward was a guy that could get you 20 any night right now he looks like a guy that honestly should be coming off the bench you know playing 15 minutes a game something like that he's not himself and, and and again, you just wonder if Hayward was Hayward, would this be a difference here? I think they would have won one of the this first. the reason. Games. I don't think you know. People say it's an excuse. I I, I no, it's a reason. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes, the answer is it would have been different, but it's not. It is the reality, and injuries do affect 
people all the time. We all know that injury is part of the game, blah, blah, blah. I understand all that. But the fact is that sometimes they get overlooked uh, in, in evaluating reasons why things happen. Yes, they would have been better off. Do we guarantee that they would be up? No, but they would have been better off. Yeah, there's no question. I think it could that. go to seven. I think if you yeah, had a healthy Hayward, this but I don't is know what that. But I'm not going to. I certainly I'm not going to begrudge Miami if they finish this off. And, no, and no, without, they're they're no more Hayward. than deserving. Oh, and, and I'll applaud them. And also, I, I kind of identified them, frankly, at the, at the beginning of this whole thing as a dangerous team. That word I keep using is dangerous. Well, they've 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 gone beyond danger. They're so, formidable, formidable. They're 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 a threat to win the whole damn thing. So, are are you now on the the, the big issue with Anthony Davis was he's not a killer. Right. He's not a killer. He's not a guy that, that, you know, wants the ball in big time situations. Uh, obviously, in game two, uh, he wins in a, in a huge spot, right? Yeah. Huge spot that might have turned the series. Uh, we'll see. But are you now buying into Anthony Davis as a killer? Has this changed? No, your- I, mean, I would say kill. I didn't. I wasn't part of that chorus. I mean, I, I accept him for what he is. I don't look at guys with that skill set at that size in that room. I, I, I reserved that for smaller guys, frankly, you know, I mean, it's just not the way we ask of those guys. I mean, I've learned in the 50 years of watching this league up close and personal that uh, uh, you, you have to put these very tall people in a different mental category, uh, their life, their, their worldview, everything about them. Other, is, other than Kevin Garnett, right? Yeah. Right. There are not all, he's very, he's, he is, he's unique. His intensity at that level. I mean, for, there's a lot more guys who are big that coaches went away saying, boy, if we can only light a fire under him, then there are the opposite guys who over, you know, over, you know, were too exuberant. The big guys are, it's just, I think it's a fascinating psychological study. I don't know that it's ever been done fully. The, the study, the psyche of the big, these big basketball players and, and how they differ in, in, in the worldview and the way they approach things. And, and uh, you know, starting with, you know, Will who, uh, you know, start with that. Um, but I'm going to give you a name. Different people. Bob, I'm going to give you a name of a, a seven foot, uh, really, really, really thin kid that you're going to have to know the name in a couple of years. Okay. This is the first time I'm going to give you this name. You write it down. All right. Chet Holmgren. Chet Holmgren. Trust in Mike. He is a stud. He's out of Minnesota. He's a senior in high school this year. He hasn't chosen where he's going to play college next year. Uh-huh. Seven foot, and and he only weighs about 185 pounds. Oh, skinny. Okay? Yeah. But I'm telling you, this kid is tough as shit. And once he gains 20, 30 pounds, I'm not saying it's going to be like KD toughness. Yeah, yeah. But he's, he's a kid. He's a seven-footer who I feel like isn't playing basketball because he's seven feet. He's playing basketball because he loves the game. Yeah, okay. So, like, you know, you're going to love this. That's kid. a great point you make. I've seen my share of guys who, you know, they were the tall kid walking down the corridor in high school, and the coach grabbed them and said, "You ought to play basketball." And 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 their heart was never really in it. Right. Right. You know, absolutely. Elmore Smith was that way. I think Artis Gilmore was that way. Well, quite he, frankly, Artis Gilmore just looked like he never cared about playing. Like you, you, you never saw any emotion. Wasn't, he slept well. Whether they won or lost, yes. Put yes. it that way. You could tell. Right? You could tell. I mean, so, <laughs> are you worried about the Lakers now? I mean, their bench is atrocious. There's, they're, they're interesting because 
we the, the issue that people have identified it is accurate and 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 it's an open question every night who's the third guy who's the fourth guy they're not reliable you draw a line after Davison and 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 right. you know who and then you go we have some good players but you know then think back in history P- Mikhail Bird Parish didn't have to worry about it you know uh, Kareem uh, Magic Worthy you know, it's what we're talking about here. Yep. Go, go, go with Michael, go with Michael uh, Scotty yep. uh, Horace, Michael Scotty Rodman. You know, three, three's better than two. Yeah. Three reliable yeah. guys. They don't have that third reliable guy. And now, the third so reliable far, guy to do almost any, like Rondo's been really good. He oh, has, yeah, well, that's been really bonus. good. But you still don't know what you're going to get out of Rondo other than he could set guys up. I mean, that inbounds play to Anthony Davis. You want you want Rondo making this this play every time, right? The the smart uh, passing, whatever it is, you want the ball in Rondo's hands, uh, but you don't really want him shooting the ball. You still don't trust him shooting the ball in a big spot. Kuzma is, I mean, I remember a year ago, people were arguing with me on Twitter whether Kuzma or Tatum were better. A year ago, think about really? that that argument now. I mean, yeah. Kyle Kuzma is a nice rotation player. That's what he is. Conti- you know, Caldwell Pope. He's he's solid. Yeah, you know, he's solid. a good player. He's a good, he's a good player. He, he's not threat. He's never put it this way. Is there even one more guy on that roster that you think would ever be in an All Star game or deserves to be in an no, All Star game? No, no, no chance. No Rondo chance. in his prime. Right. You know, he made it in his own. Rondo. If he were to make nine in a row, and I'm the coach, I'm holding my eyes on the tenth. You, you don't believe it when some guys you're surprised when they miss, right? Other guys, yeah. you're, you're stupefied when they make it. And, and that he's always in that category. See, I think a big, uh, a big issue with the Lakers too, is, is not having Avery Bradley, because if you oh. put Avery Bradley on yes. Jamal Murray, oh. Jamal yeah. Murray is not doing what he's doing. And Oh, by the way, if they get to the NBA finals, Avery Bradley is a guy who, who who's, if Tyler hero is going off, like he's mm-hmm. going off. Mm-hmm. You're just saying, Avery, go ahead, go get him. Go, yeah. And he just gives you that innate toughness, not only the ability to defend, we know he's he's elite at that level, but also that kind of toughness that you trust on the court, that you're going to say, like, all right, put him on the court. If there's an open jumper, you're going to – he's not a great offensive player, but he's good enough that you trust him. But ultimately – He's that guy that I don't have right now of a guy who can lock people down or at least make it difficult on Jamal Murray. Yeah. Well, there's enough uncertainty with the Lakers that they're not a lock, even though they're, you know, but right. that's not. for sure. You Especially know, in the bubble. It's two to one. Right. And, uh, and, and how close it is to being the other ways, you know, as we know. So they're, they're not, there's not a, look, whoever wins is not going to get down on history as a great team. I'm sorry. Yeah. They're going to have the championship. They're going to have the feather in their cap. They're going to they're going to hoist the banner, and they're going. To, and I'm going to say they're worthy. This is in the circumstance you're all living in. This is a very, but historically great. No, no way. So yeah, you know, not like we, not like the Warriors were. This somebody has to win. That's all. The Wolves say somebody has to win. That's the year it is. That's all we're getting out of this one. Can the Guinness Book of World Records give 2020 world's greatest delay a game? Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people, and they do it fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control 
and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see it and they'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash good. This is their best offer anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash good. Terms and conditions apply. The offer is valid through September 30th. You know who won? Billy Donovan won. Billy Donovan oh, yeah. turned down a, a two-year deal, two-year uh, contract offer by Oklahoma City uh-huh. because he and Sam Presti had gone a little bit sideways and Billy didn't love the direction the team was going. I mean, they didn't give him a lot of offensive weapons other than Chris Paul. And uh, instead, Billy turns it down. He was ready to sit out the year according to my sources, like if nobody was ready to sit out the year, no problem. Wasn't going to jump at something in college like people thought. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he gets the Bulls gig. And, and the Bulls gig, listen, it's not great, but it's probably as good as Oklahoma City at this point. They got some decent young players. I mean, Zach Levine's not a not a star. Marketing solid. Uh, Wendell Carter's solid. Uh, I like Kobe White a lot. Uh, I think marketing can – Take a step up. I think I, I think Markinen's got a, a, a potential. He had a bad year last year. To be really good. Yeah, yeah and I've, I've, I've been infatuated with Levine since I first saw him in college. And in fact, when I saw him now, his, his freshman year, and I said, oh, I hope this kid, this kid is, I hope he's not thinking about coming out. Just not, he's not, you know, I said that because he, you I saw how them for he coming out. Bob, you saw I how killed them. And I said, oh, please don't, don't, don't jump the gun, kid. Get, a little yep. more polished. Well, of Me course, too. it didn't happen. But but he's he can he can hurt you. He but you know you. what he didn't do in college? Here, here's everybody will say, "Well, you were wrong." Because I said the same thing. I said it's it's a bad decision for him to come out. Here's the difference: if he got to college another year, he might have learned how to guard a little bit because he mm-hmm. is atrocious defensively, <clears throat> atrocious. And, and that's like the one good thing with Billy is, I think he'll have mostly coachable guys now. Obviously, the culture hasn't been great the last few years. Jim Boylan was a mess. Um, Gar Foreman at the top and Pax, they were, you know, they've been terrible running this this franchise. Uh, and, and really, Reinsdorf waited too long before getting rid of Gar. They have the number four pick. That's going to be a key because I don't know if you're going to find a superstar with a number four pick, but if you're the Bulls, you better find somebody that is a 10 year starter type that can be. A, a number three option on the Bulls. And and Obi Toppin is the guy that I think they end up getting because I think LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, and James Wiseman are probably off the board one, two, and three. And I think Toppin would be good for him other than the fact that they've already got some guys up front, but he's very different. I mean, Obi Toppin's a freak athlete. He, he's very different than Wendell Carter or uh, Markinen. So I think you can actually – work those guys in you can play small ball five with Toppin if you want he can play the four maybe Wendell plays some five so you can move those guys around at the four and the five uh but ultimately Chicago still they, they just need 
they need a star. They need a star. They haven't had that yeah, since no. uh, really Derrick Rose got hurt. That's that's going to go down in history as one of the great sad what ifs. Yeah. Derrick Rose. Yep. Uh, he is so special. He was so special in a way that I had seen, seldom seen. Uh, people are going to forget about it. It's uh, you know, just, it's he's going to disappear on, as a footnote. You know, oh, that kid had that one MVP year. But I'm going to tell you something. I, I've said this before that when I saw him in college in person, you ha- he's a guy you got to see in person to appreciate the difference between him and, and just about everybody else. The two things he did that were so uh, special were uh, it seemed to have, I know this is a, an illusion, but he seemed to have an explosion at the end of the, uh, to the basket at the very end of, of a drive that very few had that it was somehow he could push a button and, and just rev it up one more time in the in midair. And then the extraordinary ability to move laterally in the air and get a finish from starting on the left-hand side of the basket and winding up in the midair on the right-hand side in a way that it didn't seem humanly possible. And you had to see that in person. You couldn't just tell that on TV. Uh, anyway, here's something I thought about when Billy got the job in Chicago. I just started thinking about Billy Donovan and that um, what do you think, how different might, this is utter speculation. Yeah. How different would his life have been if Rick Pitino had not entered into it, I, I, I think about this. Yeah, and I, mean, I base this on the following anecdote. When, when Rick got the job in Providence, I had lunch with him at Murphy's Deli, of course, the, 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 the uh, Jewish deli owned by a Greek with, a, with an Irish name. Everybody in Providence knows it, Murphy Deli. And anyway, uh, and we got talking about his roster inheriting. And he said, well, I got this Billy Donovan. And I told him, you got to lose 20 pounds. And if you don't, you're out of here. And we all know what happened. Billy Donovan flourished as a player under Rick Pitino. They go to the final four based on the three. Rick embraced the three. But point is, but it set the, what, what thoughts it must have put in Billy Donovan's mind. What, what habits, what understanding sure. about his own potential and human potential and how he was, you know, was squandering it obviously the way it was and everything has happened to him subsequently. I'm not sure his life would have, would have been incredibly different if, if Rick Pitino had not entered into it. I think he knows that. By He's the way. changed too. I, I remember sitting down. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I've got a long relationship with, with Billy and one of the most fun times I had with Billy after he won, uh, after he won, the two titles back to back, and then remember took the Orlando Magic job for for a, a minute. Oh yeah, and right. Decided to go back to Florida, so I'm sitting down with him, having dinner with him in Akron, uh, downtown Akron, because that's where the LeBron James camp was <laughs> at that time, and um, and he's he's kind of going through the whole deal of the Orlando Magic saga, and you know how he took it, and then just didn't feel right. And Billy's so like introspective now and, and really overthinks everything. I mean, if you talk to people close to him, they'll tell you probably for this bulls job, he probably called 50 people close to him mm-hmm. instead of like a tight circle of like three or five people and trying to keep it tight. He'll call everybody and, and everybody he trusts. And he's got a large circle. So, but the best part of the night was uh, after we had a couple cocktails and uh, we're walking back to the hotel and Billy had had Ric Flair come into the Florida Gators <laughs> locker room really? out of nowhere the second year to motivate that team. And he showed him like a tape of Ric Flair 
doing is yelling and screaming and whatever. And all, all of a sudden they're watching this, this video. And all of a sudden Ric Flair comes fuck, you know, running through the door, yelling and screaming and doing his whole bit. So I, I got Billy uh, to do that on the streets of Akron. Nobody's on Akron. Nobody's on the streets. <laughs> and Billy Donovan's doing his Ric Flair impression uh, on the streets <laughs> of Akron. It was pretty good. That's but great. Billy, Billy's a guy that I think again, um, will get this franchise at least to where these young guys um, have a little bit more discipline and he'll be able to coach this team. I think that was the hardest thing with him in Oklahoma City with Westbrook was being able to coach Russ. Now he can coach this team, maximize them like he did this past year in Oklahoma City. I don't know if the Bulls are going to be you know, relevant again. Uh, let, let's go through two more quickly. Yep. Uh, two more openings that I think uh, Philly, do you like the fit if it happens? Mike D'Antoni with the Philadelphia 76ers. You're shaking your head. Absolutely not. What's he going to do with Simmons? <laughs> Trade him, I guess. I'm serious. Or, or wait, 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 Bob. Bob, you know what he's going to do? He's going to tell him he's going to force him maybe to shoot the three. Like maybe it's the best thing to happen to Ben Simmons. No? Well, in that case, yeah, I guess. Yeah, if Simmons will do it, I, I, it, I don't know. I just sometimes I just don't feel. The you know what I don't feel? Here's where I worry about it more than anything. Who's the nicest human being as an NBA head coach in the NBA? It might it might be Mike D'Antoni, right? I mean, like the nicest guy, almost too nice to a fault. I mean, he can coach. Think about who else can coach Harden and Westbrook and never have an issue because he lets them do whatever the hell they want for the most yeah. part. Um, does that work with this Sixers team? Brett Brown did a little bit of that and gave him a little bit too much rope. I feel like D'Antoni, while his system will be different than Brett Brown's, oh, yeah. is he going to give him too much rope? And that's probably not what Embiid and Simmons and – I don't know. Um, we need. Yeah, I think Embiid needs a little more reining in. That's, that's why sure. the, my pick for the Sixers head coach – was Bill Self, who I would look at. I'm not saying I would definitely hire him, but Bill Self coached Embiid. Now, again, I get it. It's different in college, right? Yeah. It's different. Now Embiid's making all this money. But he did it for a short period of time. I think Bill could relate to, to Embiid. A lot of NBA guys have looked at hiring Bill Self. Um, I don't know. I, I just – I'm with you. I don't love the D'Antoni hiring Philly if it happens. But I think it would be very interesting to see if Ben Simmons all of a sudden gets comfortable shooting the three, and uh, and that helps that team. Well, that's an interesting hire, and of course, New Orleans is the other very. Got to figure Ty Lue yeah. is the favorite there because David Griffin, who runs the Pelicans, uh, has a, a longstanding relationship with him uh, in Cleveland together. I mean, they won together in Cleveland, so why wouldn't Griff bring in a guy like Ty Lue, who's who's really good at making adjustments? Uh, really good at connecting with players. Isn't that kind of what it's all about? Maybe he's not the greatest coach in the NBA, but to me, you, you want to no, connect I, with these players. They've got talent there. We know that. Yeah, they do. They do. I think to me, that's a logical place. Right I don't know what the holdup is. Honestly, I'm, I'm surprised that yeah. one hasn't already happened unless Ty Lue would rather have Philly. No. He's going to be, it'd be stunning if he doesn't have one of them. That's all I can say. Yeah, I, I think he'll get stunning. one of them too. I think you're seeing the, recirculated coaches carousel this year in the NBA for the most part, again, with Billy, with D'Antoni, with Ty Lue, 
uh, all going to get uh, other opportunities. And Ty Lue obviously has sat out uh, here for a little while as a, as a head coach. So, um, all right, listen, um, we'll see if the Celtics can come back. Uh, by the time we do this next week, we'll, we'll have an NBA Finals. So Yeah, we will. Um, we'll have a lot. It's good. We'll I mean, listen, it's good that we are progressing through the bubble uh, and getting closer to college basketball. We had our first, by the way, our first opt-out college basketball player, uh, East Tennessee State's Patrick Good, hmm. opted out on Wednesday. He's got a young daughter who's seven months old, and he had COVID. At oh. one point, and said, "Listen, you know what? I was away from my daughter for two weeks, for fourteen days. Um, I understand that for for ninety days, you may not get be able to get COVID again, but we don't know all the 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 intangibles with that and, and medically. So I'm not comfortable. I'm going to opt out of the season. So um, that's one of my gyms, ETSU. Have you been here? Correct. Or not? One of my one of I'll save the story. Okay, save there's the a story, story attached." Okay. I'll save it, All but right, that's we'll one of my gyms, a night I'll never forget. All right, there you go. There's the best tease you could possibly have from Bob Ryan. Next week, he'll talk about the night he never, uh, he will never forget at ETSU in Johnson City, Tennessee. Right. All right, we'll talk to you next week, Bob. <laughs>